The following is a sermon that was preached at Good News Lutheran Church in Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. It was preached on Christmas Eve, December 24, 2022, on the basis of Luke 2, verses 1 through 20. For more information or to view our entire sermon library, visit goodnewslc.org. Thank you for listening. If you have ever been in the market for a home, then no doubt you have heard the old saying that when you are buying real estate, there are three very important things that you need to consider. Location, location, location. In other words, a house may well have vaulted ceilings and granite countertops. It might have a three-car garage and an in-ground pool. But if it is in a community where the crime is sky high and there are no jobs and the schools are terrible, maybe you want to think twice before buying it. In other words, when, when purchasing a home, yes, it is important to know what it is, but it's also very important to know where it is. For the past several weeks leading up to Christmas, we have been talking about finding a home, not a, a physical building, but a much more intangible and arguably much more important sense of home in life. And really, the only possibility for having that sense of home is that, that name that the Bible gives for our Savior Jesus, that name Emmanuel, that means that God is with us. As a result of that important fact, it means that you can have constant confidence that no matter what you might be going through, whether you are lonely, whether you are feeling grief, whether your life appears to be full of anxiety and worry or full of bitterness and conflict, you can have the constant assurance that you are close to God and know that He is close to you. And not just on Christmas, but, but a home for more than Christmas. And if that is going to be the case, then we're going to quickly find out that what is important in real estate is also very important here. That as we gather here this evening to celebrate the birth of our Savior, it is not only important what God's Christmas gift to mankind is, it is also very important where it is. And those are the details of the Christmas story that we are going to focus on this evening as we turn our attention to these verses from Luke chapter 2. And as we do, we're going to see that what is important in real estate is also important here. When looking for a home for more than just Christmas, there are three important things to consider. Location, location, and location. Now maybe that sounds pretty simple when it comes to Christmas because those are some of the details about Jesus' birth that I think are pretty well known. In fact, maybe you, before you even walked in the door tonight, you could have told me that the city Jesus was born in was called Bethlehem and that the cradle his mother placed him in was actually a manger, a feeding trough for cattle and that the clothes that he first wore were strips of cloth that she used to swaddle him. Those details about the location of his birth are fairly well known, but why, why are they so important? Well, there were actually three stories in the news this week that caught my attention and that really reinforced why location is so important. The first story involved Elon Musk. 
Elon Musk has been in the news quite a bit recently, ever since he became the owner and CEO of Twitter. And this week he made news because he suspended the Twitter accounts of several journalists for behavior that is known as doxing. Doxing is where you, you take someone, probably someone pretty famous, and you make publicly available the details of their location, maybe their home address, maybe their place of business. In Elon Musk's case, it was the flight details for his private jet. Must be nice to have to worry about problems like that. But revealing the location of someone can be a dangerous thing, which is what makes so remarkable what you heard happen in the Christmas story. Not just that Mary and Joseph traveled to Bethlehem because of that decree that went out from Caesar Augustus, not just that she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn, but what happened after that? An angel appeared to the shepherds, and the very first thing the angel said was, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. In other words, this news was for the entire human race. It would impact and it would benefit all mankind, but on the night of Jesus' birth, it was being revealed to shepherds, to people who were within spitting distance of where it had taken place, to people who could actually go there, in fact, who did go there, and who then told other people to go there. This angel wasn't just doxing the richest man in the world. He was doxing the high prince of heaven. He was telling these shepherds not just what had happened, but where it had happened. That's essential if you and I are going to find a home for more than just Christmas. This maybe goes without saying, but if you and I are going to feel as though we are close to God and know that God is close to us, we need to know where he is. And this maybe goes without saying, too, that Jesus, Emmanuel, is no longer in a manger wrapped in cloths in a city called Bethlehem. But this very much needs to be said, too, that Jesus is not just everywhere all at once in sort of this vague, nebulous kind of way. No, Jesus has decided and Jesus has promised to be with us in very specific, very concrete, very tangible ways. He's decided and promised to be with us in his word. In fact, Martin Luther once said that the scriptures, the, the Bible, are our cradle and manger for Christ. This is where we find him, and he has made that location perfectly well known to us. The location of Emmanuel is not a location that our God conceals from us. And so as a result, we can be close to God and know that God is close to us anytime that we want. And that's important. But it's not the only thing that is important. We've considered location, but there's still location and location. 
And so the second story that caught my attention this past week was a story about a woman named Kelly Conlon. Kelly Conlon is a mother who took her nine-year-old daughter, along with the other members of her Girl Scout troop, to go see a show at New York's Radio City Music Hall. But shortly after entering the building, she was asked to leave and quickly escorted out. Why? Well, New York's Radio City Music Hall is owned and operated by a man named James Dolan. James Dolan also owns the New York Knicks and the New York Rangers and Madison Square Garden and all kinds of restaurants in New York City. And he has a policy that no one who is involved in any litigation against any of his companies is allowed inside any of his buildings. And Kelly Conlon, who's a mom, is also an attorney who works for a firm that's currently involved in a lawsuit against one of James Dolan's companies. And so when she walked through the door, it was the facial recognition software that flagged her, and she was quickly asked to leave. That's what makes so remarkable what happened next. The angel was going to reveal some good news to the shepherds, and then the angel revealed what the good news was. He said, today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Now here's where we're getting into a little bit of the, the what of Christmas. What did God give us? Well, he gave us a savior. But he didn't just give us a savior. He gave the world a savior to you. So this what of Christmas that the angel told the shepherds about was also very important for the where of Christmas. You see, unlike James Dolan, God does not need sophisticated facial recognition software to spot his adversaries. He knows us up and down. He knows us inside and out. And when he looks at us, he doesn't just see a list of petty grievances that he wants to have a vendetta against. No, he sees things that are offenses against him and crimes against humanity. He sees the thoughts and the speech and the behavior that he calls a stench in his nostrils, the kind of things that cause his gag reflex to go into overdrive. But in response, he sends a savior. And not just a savior, but a savior to you. In response, he doesn't cancel us, he cancels our sin. In response, he doesn't punish us, he punishes his son in our place. In response, he doesn't ban us from his presence or escort us from the building. No, instead, he makes the door wide open. The location of Emmanuel is a location that God doesn't prohibit you from. <clears throat> And as a result, you can know that you are close to God and that he is close to you anytime that you want. And that's also important. But it's still not all that is important. We've considered location and location. Don't forget, there's still location. So the third story that caught my attention this past week involved the Argentina soccer team. You maybe heard Argentina won the World Cup. 
And because they did, the members of the Argentina soccer team became in their own country, in a way that as Americans we probably can't even imagine, they became heroes and gods to the Argentinian people. Certainly that includes their legendary leader, Lionel Messi. In fact, on Tuesday of this past week, Lionel Messi posted a, a picture on Instagram of himself with the World Cup trophy. And within 48 hours, it had 64 million likes, making it the most liked post on any social media platform of all time. On Tuesday of this past week, everyone knew the location of the Argentina soccer team. They were going to be riding on an open-top bus through the, through the streets of Buenos Aires as part of the official victory parade. They declared it a national holiday so that anybody who wanted to could go. And millions went. Which sounds like a lot of fun. Until it isn't. As the bus passed under overpasses in the city, there were rabid fans who were jumping from the bridge down onto the top of the bus just to try to get closer to the players. Eventually, the progress of the parade ground to a halt because of the sheer number of people, and the members of the team had to be airlifted out by helicopter just so that they could be safe. That's what makes so remarkable what the angel said next. The angel was revealing this good news to the shepherds. It was news of a savior for the shepherds, but the angel had one more important thing to say. He said, this will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Those, those familiar details about the location of Jesus' birth, they're not just sort of cute little add-ons, the kind of thing that a mom would put in a baby book. No, three separate times, in fact, those details are mentioned in Luke's account. And in this case, the angel says they are a sign. They aren't just directions. If they were directions, they'd be bad directions. There's no lefts or rights or norths or souths. There's no house number or street address. No, they're a sign. They signified something very important about Jesus that would characterize his life from beginning to end. And what they signified is that Jesus would not be the kind of Savior who has millions of people turn out for a victory parade. He would not be the kind of Savior who has throngs of adoring fans and gets constant clicks with every single thing that he does. No, instead, just the opposite. By and large, the world would find Jesus to be boring. Dull, uninteresting, barely worth noting. Eventually, he became enough of a nuisance that he had to be eliminated. Sort of like a, a pesky little ant that's trying to ruin your picnic. And in a world where celebrity and fame are worshipped as indisputable goods, that doesn't sound like very good news. But it certainly was good news to the shepherds. Because it meant that when they showed up, there weren't thousands of people already there that they had to wait in line behind. It meant that the press was not there taking videos and snapping pictures. It wasn't that the wealthy and elite were there to drive up the cost of the tickets so that only the wealthiest could possibly get in. No, when they arrived, there was plenty of room. And they could stand there and they could stare 
for as long as they wanted. And friends, that sign is still good news to us as well. You want to go to a Broadway show, even the Broadway shows that come all the way out here to Madison? I was looking at tickets for The Lion King, which is coming to the Overture Center this spring. They start at about $250 a piece. Want to take the kids to Disney for spring break this year? You better plan carefully, not just how you're going to get there, where you're going to stay, but how you can avoid standing in line any longer than is absolutely necessary. But want to spend some quality, uninterrupted, personal, unhurried time with your God? You'll never have to stand in line. No one is ever going to stand in your way. And there is no one in this world who has more wealth, more power, more fame, more recognition that somehow they get better access to him than you. Jesus, Emmanuel, is, is with us, and his location is a location that God doesn't exclude you from, which means that you can be close to him and know that he is close to you anytime that you want. You know those three important things that you consider in real estate, location, 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 actually key off of a single word that Luke repeats three times in the three sentences spoken by the angel. I bring good news to you. A Savior has been born to you. And this will be a sign to you. Those teeny tiny little prepositional phrases are sort of like the tags that are going to be on the presents that you might be opening this evening or tomorrow morning. Those tags let you know that someone has gotten a gift to you, for you. As much as those tags are important, I'm guessing you would never treat one of those tags as the gift itself. You'd probably not keep it. You probably wouldn't put it somewhere safe. You probably wouldn't hold on to it for years to come. And yet, friends, that is exactly what we should do with those words that the angel spoke. Each one of them, each to you, is a gift in and of itself. This is the location, location, location of Emmanuel. A location God doesn't conceal from you. A location God doesn't prohibit you from and a location that God doesn't exclude you from. Which means that Jesus is not just Emmanuel. He's our Emmanuel. He's your Emmanuel. You know exactly where he is close to you so that you never have to be without him. Amen. Amen.